Section 21 of the Natural History, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jack Ball. The Natural History, Volume 7, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 21, Book 34, Chapters 47 to 56. Chapter 47, The Ores of Lead. The nature of lead next comes to be considered. There are two kinds of it, the black and the white. The white is the most valuable. It was called by the Greeks, Cassiteros. And there is a fabulous story told of their going in quest of it to the islands of the Atlantic and of it being brought in barks made of osiers covered with hides. It is now known that it is a production of Lusitania and Galicia. It is a sand found on the surface of the earth and of a black colour, and is only to be detected by its weight. It is mingled with small pebbles, particularly in the dried beds of rivers. The miners wash this sand and calcine the deposit in the furnace. It is also found in the gold mines that are known as Alutiae, the stream of water which is passed through them, detaching certain black pebbles, mottled with small white spots, and of the same weight as gold. Hence it is that they remain with the gold in the baskets in which it is collected, and being separated in the furnace, are then melted, and become converted into white lead. Black lead is not procured in Galicia, although it is so greatly abundant in the neighbouring province of Cantabria, nor is silver procured from white lead, although it is from black pieces of black lead cannot be soldered without the intervention of white lead, nor can this be done without employing oil. Nor can white lead, on the other hand, be united without the aid of black lead. White lead was held in estimation in the days even of the Trojan War, a fact that is attested by Homer, who calls it Cassiteros. There are two different sources of black lead, it being procured either from its own native ore, where it is produced without the intermixture of any other substance, or else from an ore which contains it in common with silver, the two metals being fused together. The metal which first becomes liquid in the furnace is called stannum. The next that melts is silver, and the metal that remains behind is galena, the third constituent part of the metal. On this last being again submitted to fusion black lead is produced, with a deduction of two ninths. Chapter 48. Stannum. Argentarium. When copper vessels are coated with stannum, they produce a less disagreeable flavour, and the formation of verdigris is prevented. It is also remarkable that the weight of the vessel is not increased. As already mentioned, the finest mirrors were formerly prepared from it at Brundisium, until everybody, our maidservants even, began to use silver ones. At the present day, a counterfeit stannum is made by adding one-third of white copper to two-thirds of white lead. It is also counterfeited in another way, by mixing together equal parts of white lead and black lead, this last being what is called argentarium. There is also a composition called tertiarium, a mixture of two parts of black lead and one of white. Its price being 20 denarii per pound, and it is used for soldering pipes. Persons still more dishonest mix together equal parts of tertiarium and white lead, and calling the composition argentarium coat articles with it melted.
This last sells at 60 denarii per £10, and the price of the pure unmixed white lead being 80 denarii, and of the black, 7. White lead is naturally more dry, while the black, on the contrary, is always moist. Consequently, the white, without being mixed together with another metal, is of no use for anything. Silver too cannot be soldered with it, because the silver becomes fused before the white lead. It is confidently stated also that if too small a proportion of black lead is mixed with the white, this last will corrode the silver. It was in the Gallic provinces that the method was discovered of coating articles of copper with white lead, so as to be scarcely distinguishable from silver. Articles thus plated are known as inquartilia. At a later period, the people of the town of Alesia began to use a similar process for plating articles with silver, more particularly ornaments for horses, beasts of burden, and yokes of oxen. The merit, however, of this invention belongs to the Bitteriges. After this, they began to ornament their Eseira, Colisata, and Petorita in a similar manner. And luxury has at last arrived at such a pitch that not only are their decorations made of silver, but of gold even, and what was formerly a marvel to behold on a cup is now subjected to the wear and tear of a carriage. And this in obedience to what they call fashion. White lead is tested by pouring it, melted, upon paper, which ought to have the appearance of being torn, rather by the weight than by the heat of the metal. India has neither copper nor lead, but she procures them in exchange for her precious stones and pearls. Chapter 49. Black Lead Black lead is used in the form of pipes and sheets. It is extracted with great labour in Spain, and throughout all the Gallic provinces. But in Britannia, it is found in the upper stratum of the earth, in such an abundance that a law has been simultaneously made, prohibiting anyone from working more than a certain quantity of it. The various kinds of black lead are known by the following names. The Ovitanian, the Capriangian, and the Oleastrensian. There is no difference whatever in them when the scoria has been carefully removed by calcination. It is a marvellous fact that these mines, and these only, when they have been abandoned for some time, become replenished, and are far more prolific than before. This would appear to be affected by the air, infusing itself at liberty through the open orifices, just as some women become more prolific after abortion. This was lately found to be the case with the Santeresian mine in Baetica, which, after being farmed at an annual rental of 200,000 denarii and then abandoned, is now rented at 250,000 per annum. In the same manner, the Antonian mine in the same province has had the rent raised to 400,000 sesterces per annum. It is a remarkable fact that if we pour water into a vessel of lead, it will not melt, but that if we throw into the water a pebble or a copper quadrant, the vessel will be penetrated by the fire. Chapter 50. 15 Remedies Derived from Lead Lead is used in medicine, without any addition, for the removal of scars, if it is applied to, in plates, to the region of the limes and kidney, in consequence of its cold nature, it will restrain the venereal passions, and put an end to libidinous dreams at night, attended with spontaneous emissions, and assuming all the form of a disease. The orator calvus, it is said, effected a cure for himself by means of these plates, and so preserved his bodily energies for labour and study. The Emperor Nero, for so the gods willed it, could never sing to the full pitch of his voice unless he had a plate of lead upon his chest. 
thus showing us one method of preserving the voice. For medicinal purposes, the lead is melted in earthen vessels, a layer of finely powdered sulphur being placed beneath, very thin plates of lead are laid upon it, and are then covered with a mixture of sulphur and iron. While it is being melted, all the apertures in the vessel should be closed, otherwise a noxious vapour is discharged from the furnace, of a deadly nature, to dogs in particular. Indeed, the vapours from all metals destroy flies and gnats, and hence it is that in mines there are none of these annoyances. Some persons, during the process, mix lead filings with the sulphur, while others substitute ceruse for sulphur. By washing, a preparation is made from lead, that is much employed in medicine. For this purpose, a leaden mortar, containing rainwater, is beaten with a pestle of lead, until the water has assumed a thick consistency. Which done, the water that floats on the surface is removed with a sponge, and the thicker part of the sediment is left to dry, and is then divided into tablets. Some persons try to rate lead filings in this way, and some mix it with lead ore, or else vinegar, wine, grease, or rose leaves. Others, again, prefer triturating the lead in a stone mortar, one of Thebaic stone more particularly, with a pestle of lead, by which process a whiter preparation is obtained. As to calcined lead, it is washed, like stybe and cadmia, its action is astringent and repressive, and it is promotive of secretization. The same substance is also employed in preparations for the eyes, cases of procedence, of those organs more particularly, also for filling up the cavities left by ulcers, and for removing the excrescences and fissures of the anus, as well as hemorrhoidal and condylomatous tumours. For all these purposes, the lotion of lead is particularly useful, but for serpignus or sordid ulcers, it is the ashes of calcined lead that are used, these producing the same advantageous effects as ashes of burnt papyrus. The lead is calcined in thin plates, laid with sulphur in shallow vessels, the mixture being stirred with iron rods or stalks of fennel giant, until the melted metal becomes calcined. When cold, it is pulverised. Some persons calcine lead filings in a vessel of raw earth, which they leave in the furnace until the earthenware is completely baked. Others again mix it with an equal quantity of ceruse or of barley, and triturate it in the way mentioned for raw lead. Indeed, the lead which has been prepared this way is preferred to the spodium of Cyprus. Chapter 51 15 Remedies Derived from the Scoria of Lead the scoria of lead is also made use of, the best kind being that which approaches nearest to a yellow colour, without any vestiges of lead, or which has the appearance of sulphur without any terrace particles. It is broken into small pieces and washed in a mortar, until the mortar assumes a yellow colour, after which it is poured off into a clean vessel, the process being repeated until it deposits a sediment, which is a substance of the greatest utility. It possesses the same properties as lead, but of a more active nature. How truly wonderful is the knowledge when we gain by experiment, when even the very dregs and foul residues of substances have in so many ways been tested by mankind. Chapter 52. Spodium of Lead A spodium of lead is also prepared in the same manner as that extracted from Cyprian copper. It is washed with rainwater in linen of a loose texture and the earthy parts are separated by pouring it off, after which it is sifted and then pounded. Some prefer removing the fine powder with a feather, 
and then triturating it with aromatic wine. Chapter 53 Molybdiana 15 Remedies Molybdiana, which in another place I have called Galena, is a mineral compounded of silver and lead. It is considered better in quality the nearer it approaches to a golden colour, and the less lead it contains. It is also friable and of moderate weight. When it is melted with oil, it acquires the colour of liver. It is found adhering also to the furnaces in which gold and silver have been smelted, and in this case it is called metallic. The most esteemed kind is that prepared at Zephyrium. Those kinds too are considered the best that are the least earthy and the least stony. It is used in preparing liparai as also for soothing or cooling ulcers, and as an ingredient in plasters, which are applied without ligatures, but are used only as a liniment for producing cicatrization on the bodies of delicate persons and the more tender parts. The composition is made of three pounds of molybdiana, one pound of wax, and three heminae of oil, to which are added leaves of olives in the case of aged persons. Combined with the scum of silver and the scoria of lead, it is employed warm in fermentations for dysentery and tenesmus. Chapter 54 Simithium or Ceruse, Six Remedies Simithium, which is also known as Ceruse, is another production of the lead works. The most esteemed comes from Rhodes. It is made from very fine shavings of lead, placed over a vessel filled with the strongest vinegar by which means the shavings become dissolved. That which falls into the vinegar is first dried, and then pounded and sifted, after which it is again mixed with vinegar, and is then divided into tablets and dried in the sun during summer. It is also made in another way. The lead is thrown into jars filled with vinegar, which are kept closed for ten days. The sort of mould that forms upon the surface is then scraped off and the lead is again put into the vinegar until the whole of the metal is consumed. The part that has been scraped off is triturated and sifted, and then melted in shallow vessels, being stirred with ladles until the substance becomes red, and assumes the appearance of sandarak. It is then washed with fresh water until all the cloudy impurities have disappeared, after which it is dried as before and divided into tablets. Its properties are the same as those of the substances above mentioned. It is, however, the mildest of all the preparations of lead, in addition to which it is also used by females to whiten the complexion. It is, however, like scum of silver, a deadly poison. Melted a second time, ceruse becomes red. Chapter 55. Sandarak. Eleven Remedies. We have already mentioned nearly all the properties of sandarak, it is found both in gold mines and in silver mines. The redder it is, the more pure and friable, and the more powerful its odour, the better it is in quality. It is detergent, astringent, heating and corrosive, but is most remarkable for its septic properties. Applied topically with vinegar, it is curative of alopecia. It is also employed as an ingredient in ophthalmic preparations. Used with honey, it cleanses the forces and makes the voice more clear and harmonious. Taken with the food, in combination with turpentine, it is a pleasant cure for cough and asthma. In the form of fumigation also with cedar, it has a remedial effect upon those complaints. Chapter 56. Arhenicum. Arhenicum too is procured from the same sources. The best in quality 
is of the colour of the finest gold, that which is of a paler hue, or resembling sandarak, being less esteemed. There is a third kind also, the colour of which is a mixture of that of gold and of sandarak. The last two kinds are both of them scaly, but the other is dry and pure, and divides into delicate long veins. This substance has the same virtues as the one last mentioned, but it is more active in its effects. Hence, it is that it enters into the composition of cauteries and depilatory preparations. It is also used for the removal of hangnails, polypi of the nostrils, condylomatous tumours, and other kinds of excrescences. For the purpose of increasing its energies, it is heated in a new earthen vessel until it changes its colour. Summary Remedies 158 Facts, Narratives and Observations 915 Roman authors quoted El Piso, Antaeus, Verius, Emvaro, Cornelius Nepos, Messala, Rufus, the poet Marsus, Bocchus, Julius Bassus, who wrote in Greek on medicine, Sextus Niger, who did the same, Fabius Vestalis. Foreign authors quoted Democritus, Metrodorus of Sepsis, Menaeikmus, who wrote on the Tereutic art, Xenocrates, who did the same, Antigonus, who did the same, Juris, who did the same, Heliodorus, who wrote on the votive offerings of the Athenians, Pasiteles, who wrote on the wonderful works, Timaeus, who wrote on the medicines derived from metals, Nymphodorus, Aeolus, Apollodorus, Andreas, Heraclides, Diagoras, Potris, Archidemus, Dionysus, Aristogenes, Democles, Menesides, Xenocrates, the son of Zeno, Theomenestus. End of section 21. Recording by Jack Ball.